I really enjoyed your podcast. I'm now a fan. (laughs) (laughs) That was it, really. (laughs) Good. Well, let's hope they're a fan of episode 26. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> Indeed. Anyway, how have you been? All good. I, I just was. Pressed, I haven't pressed um, record, have I? I don't know. Oh. Oh, oh my God. Just bear in mind, been... it, may, it, may, it may fill up your computer. Well, I did want to play one song, but I don't know whether it's appropriate or not. Do you, I, you've probably never seen the film. But oh. I wanted to play this for the Republicans. I will follow him. <laughs> is this is this uh... <laughs> Oh dear. That's loyalism taken to a new level, Dave. Especially when it's Whoopi Goldberg saying it. Or singing it, rather. Oh, okay. This is from... Oh, yeah, I know which film this is from. Sister Act. Yes. Yeah. So do you think it would work? Mitch McConnell in, in full the setup. <laughs> or an insurrection that can keep so Even Matt Gates. Where is where is where where was this originally from? Is this from a I don't know if it's actually a so, um a thingy song. Hang on, we'll find out. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Or we could play be... this version. Like this is the or when when oh, Biden supposed to play this. I will follow him. They're they're all deluded. They're all deluded. I will follow him. Oh, no, it's from Peggy. Who's Peggy Little Peggy March? It's in black and white. Peggy March. Yes. Yes. I And she got a lovely Sorry, voice. Oh. Sorry? And she got a lovely voice. You was just showing she me your a... belly button. Did I? Yeah. Do you know what belly button is in Greek? No. Aphalos. Doesn't it sound good? <laughs> How's your aphalos? Oh, look, you're showing me your aphalos again. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my aphalos. My aph- oh, I s- oh, you were able... Okay. <laughs> yes. I follow I follow. I got down. a peak of peak of your aphalos. My aphalos. Right, you ready no for show twenty six, Des? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Indeed. Let's, let's go. hit the button. Let's hit the button. Oh, Dave. Oh, hang on. Just give me oh, ten right. seconds. Oh, yeah. okay. Just give me ten seconds. It's all right. The guitar chord was strung, but we didn't oh, get any further. Brilliant. Um, there was something else. I've Welcome to this week's Des and Dave. In America this week, the Republican Party is now a party of sedition, 
insurrection, conspiracy theories, cult and cover-up. The rot is coming from the inside, says John Avalon, CNN senior political analyst. Jovan Hutton, Pulitzer, formerly Jeffrey Jovan Filior. Who is he? And what is kinetic artifact detection? Joe Biden has become the first sitting president to commemorate the 1921 Tulsa massacre, one of the worst incidents of racial violence in US history. The Tulsa massacre, a two-part serialization of Black Wall Street to be concluded next week. Mike Penn calls the insurrection on January 6th a dark day to a thunderous standing ovation from Republicans at New Hampshire dinner. And in other news, the G7 finance ministers agree a new tax for multinational companies, but aid charities say that the tax rate is too low and won't stop tax havens. The UK is set to open up vaccinations for under 30s this week, with Boris Johnson calling for a worldwide vaccination by the end of next year. And in El Salvador, the president has announced his intentions to make the cryptocurrency Bitcoin legal tender. All that and more from Des and Dave. I swear people have tuned in and thought, are we listening to classical radio? <laughs> well, it's not the first time we've played some classical stuff, but uh, yes, that was, what was it, Des? It was um, Handel's Handel's Messiah. Do you know, it's interesting. It was composed in nine, oh, 19, in 1741. And um, it's structured in three parts. And uh, where that came from part two, which is uh, covers the what the passion and it's supposed to um, mention things like death and resurrection and ascension and reflects the spreading of the gospel and its rejection and that was number 26 day this is our number 26 show and that was part 26 in the messiah this is getting harder <laughs> for you isn't it you're gonna have to wait till you get to show 27 like some of these numbers are quite obscure you know 37 light bulbs in Tesco, I don't know what you, yeah, it's, yeah. It's. I think you'll be surprised. I think 27 is going to be a little bit easier. I've done a little bit of research on 27. But yeah, it's Frederick, George Frederick Handel. That's an interesting name. And he was born in, um, um, in 1685, Dave. And he was actually a very, he was, he would be today's contemporary pop. Um, you know, the best of the pop singers or uh, music composers or whatever writers today, the equivalent of the, you know, the top of the charts today. And that's what we had in 16, 1741 for We Like Sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week, people, for Des and Dave's musical breakdown from the greatest hits of the 15th century. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Oh, so, dear. Dave, where are we this week? Um, uh, the Republican Party is now a, a party of seduction. 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 <laughs> 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 no, it could be, you know. 
Trump has a very long history, oh, <laughs> you know, dear. sedition, insurrection, conspiracy, and a whole range of other things. Um, and I'm just wondering whether we can go straight into our short audio clip, which may provide a little bit of background for us on that, unless you want to say something on that. I think, it, it, you you know, we laugh because I think neither of us can actually fathom or imagine that there is no, usually in politics, you'll lie through clinging to some form of logic. And currently they are a cult that they are unsure what the cult leader even wants. Uh, and we'll come on to him later. But it's just, it's like blind loyalty. It, 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 it I... <laughs> The only thing at the moment that makes sense to me is the Republicans are doing what they're doing for fundraising purposes. You know, they are saying what they are saying, because at the end of the day, when they repeat what Marjorie Taylor Greene says and what Trump says, it equals, you know, money in the bank. Even some of the insurrectionists are able to raise money by, you know, for their various um, legal bids. It's just, yeah, (laughs) it's just blind loyalty. And it just it makes me think of this particular scene in a film. But I wonder if he goes to prison, will they still follow him? <laughs> he be their destiny. <laughs> Okay. Oh, dear. So do you want to introduce the first clip, Des? Dave, we've got um, Jim Acosta, Matthew Getz, and uh, John Avalon. And um, they're providing some useful information for us about what's been happening over the course of the week. So here's G- uh, GNN. See, I'll just come up with something completely fake there. Here's CNN's Jim Acosta. Yeah, John, and speaking of uh, irresponsible Republicans, Congressman Matt Gates addressed the Second Amendment in a particularly ridiculous manner uh, recently. Let's listen to that. We have a Second Amendment in this country, and I think we have an obligation to use it. The Second Amendment... This is a little history lesson for all the fake news media. The Second Amendment is not about, it's not about hunting, it's not about recreation, it's not about sports. The Second Amendment is about maintaining within the citizenry the ability to maintain an armed rebellion against the government if that becomes necessary. John, this comes after a D.C. district judge warned that Trump supporters could turn violent again uh, if they keep, uh, you know, listening to the former president and engaging in this kind of uh, language. Uh, And Gates is just fanning the flames. He is. He's wrong on the history, by the way. It's the Second Amendment is, exists in the context of a well-regulated militia. Uh, it's about tamping down uh, extremism and self-defense. Uh, and, and, and so this idea of Second Amendment solutions, which Donald Trump talked about before Matt Gates, is part of this drumbeat of violence that we've seen preoccupy our politics and lead to the insurrection uh, and the attack on our capital. Um, and, and anyone who doubts that uh, words uh, you know, carry meanings which can be translated into action just needs to look at that. And the Republican Party, by also voting to cover up uh, and, and to refuse a bipartisan investigation in, into the, uh, the attacks of, of the, the, the sixth, show that the Republican Party is now basically a party of sedition, insurrection, conspiracy theories, cults, and cover-ups. And that's what Matt Gates represents. And that's the opposite of the tradition of Lincoln and Reagan and the things that made the Republican Party a force for good in our past and part of our two-party system. This rot is coming from the inside. And Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Donald Trump are part of the problem. But the responsible Republicans have been too cowed, particularly in the Senate, to stand up to them. And that's why yeah. that vote, we should just turn the page on it. Yeah. And it's, it just sounds like Gates is trying to distract from his legal problems. But, Margaret, let me ask you about... They're going to get them. They're going to get them the other way around, Des, because it's going to be from all the different legal cases from the, what is it, five, six hundred of them they're prosecuting and they're offering a number of them plea deals, which means that they're going to have to squeak for their deal. And what are they going to squeak? Telephone numbers of certain 
Congress people, do you think? Well, when you think actually some people have lost their lives over much more minor things, um, it, 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 it certainly leaves you um, scratching your head, um, wondering how, you know, people are going to feel about plea deals being offered to some of these, these, these mobsters. But I, I was I was also interested in the um, Fox News um, blasting Kamala Harris for not mentioning Memorial Day in the in her long weekend tweet. Um, Fox News was quite critical of her for not mentioning Memorial Day, um, which is quite extraordinary actually because I heard a, a rather interesting story uh, about a uh, a, um, a veteran soldier who was invited to um, provide a very short speech at a commemoration event the um, Tulsa um, Tulsa Hill event and um, began his speech and midway through it, the microphone was cut. And then it was discovered that the, the microphone was cut deliberately by one of the organizers who resented the fact that the people who were largely white at this event were going to learn that the Memorial Day's the background to the Memorial Day was an event which was somehow involved the encouragement and participation of a group of American soldiers who felt very, very strongly that all the fallen soldiers, the white soldiers, should be themselves commemorated. And uh, they, the, the, these, uh, this, particular individual resented that people would learn that information, which is not apparently taught in schools, which is not widely available as, uh, as, as, as a piece of historical fact, and certainly didn't want to hear any more, so cut the microphone off. And this man who was determined, this veteran, was determined that he was going to be heard, spoke very loudly and very aggressively about what he wanted about his, what he wanted to say, finished his speech, and uh, to an enormous uh, applause from a group of people. But anyway, they they found out that the 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 microphone was deliberately cut by a, a particular individual, um, and I don't know what action followed from that. But it's quite clear that it clearly hurt. This is information people didn't want to hear. But apparently, I and which I, I wasn't aware of either myself, that um, there were uh, uh, quite a, a major group of black um, um, soldiers involved in the setting up and or, or the enabling of the Memorial Day. And it's now fixed part of America's uh, fixed in American calendar for for a while now. I just I'm still amazed at the the level to which reality is not dawning on people and actually how dangerous this game currently being played is. You, you, you leave very little room uh, to manoeuvre where they're heading at the moment. But they complain about Kamala Harris not writing about Memorial Day in a tweet. Do you not remember Fox News going absolutely apoplectic that Barack Obama wore a tan suit? Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about, you know, the biggest issues to discuss, eh? I'm so glad they exist. And soon we will have GB news here in the UK, this. But anyway, that's another story for another week. But we've got, a, we've got an audio clip of um, a reference to Kamala Harris and her, her non-Memorial Day <laughs> comment. Perhaps we what do you, What do you make of this faux outrage over this tweet? 
it's exactly what you call it, Jim. Um, it's okay to say enjoy the weekend. Um, and I don't think anybody needs to point out to Kamala Harris, we're, we're celebrating Memorial Day. Uh, we're celebrating the sacrifice that of, of the Americans' military members have served uh, this country and those who have fallen. Um, we're also celebrating um, black military members. We're celebrating black Americans from Tulsa, frankly. That's celebrating and commemorating Honor, and yeah. honoring remembering the loss from Black Wall Street's burning. So this history, this country's history is getting bigger and expanding as we as we take into account our full history. Kamala Harris is part of that full history uh, as the first black woman to be vice president. So, and first woman to be vice president. So uh, the, the faux outrage is ridiculous. It's just that. Yeah, and, 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 and look, I mean, you know, the Fox News teeing off on Kamala Harris because she's the latest bogeyman they think they can gain politically off of is one thing. On the other hand, if you want to respect Memorial Day, don't try to pass bills over the weekend in Texas that restrict voting. Don't don't try to uh, you know oppose a bipartisan commission to investigate an attack on our capital. You want to stand for patriotism with any credibility? Don't do those things. Just don't cherry pick things to look to fan the flames of division in this country because that's all you got. And people wonder why all these supposed audits are going on is to give credence to Trump. These Republicans are trying to show Trump they are supportive of him so that he doesn't put up another candidate or a primary them or whatever. And you just think you are playing with fire, guys. You are playing with fire. This guy thinks he's going to be reinstalled by August. You know, and it, apparently all those around him are trying to advise him, don't stop saying this because it sounds lunacy. And they were the ones that kind of put it out before he said it at the rally that you were on about earlier. But just it it beggars belief. What mechanism? How how are you going to be, become this in August? I'd love to see. <laughs> it takes us nicely on to the next story about who identifying who Jovan Hutton Pulitzer is and what kinematic artifact detection is all about. Dave, I don't know if you've heard this, but Jovan Hutton Pulitzer, who was formerly known as Jeffrey Fillor, is a self-styled American entrepreneur and former treasure hunter from Dallas, Texas, known for inventing the widely criticized QCAT barcode scanner and so-called kinematic artifact detection. What a mouthful. It, um, technology to find folds and bamboo fibers in election ballots. <laughs> and look, there, <laughs> there are lots of known information about Mr. Pulitzer revealing a, a largely con who was a largely controversial figure and, and and lots of unsubstantiated claim about his achievement and and I don't intend to explore uh, those claims here but, but mainly focus on his election audit he claims Pulitzer that is claims to have invented a system for detecting fraudulent ballots which is being used by right-wing conspiracists and big lie proponents Doug Logan. He was the CEO of Cyber Ninjas. In the partisan Republican audit of ballots, or rather frauded of ballots in Arizona, intended to prove that the 2020 United States presidential election was fraud. That's it. There is no evidence that fraudulent ballots were cast or that Pulitzer's kinematic marker detection system works. There's no evidence of it. But the Georgia State um, State uh, Secretary of State's office issued a statement rejecting a claim by Pulitzer to have hacked, hacked Georgia's voting system. Pulitzer is said to be the originator of the claim that Chinese ballots with paper containing bamboo are part of the claimed fraud. Um, and he says that he began marketing at the age of nine day, which I thought might interest you. And um, and um, he 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 says he began in marketing at age nine, selling rabbit meat to restaurants. And uh, he's divorced. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I love the way you snuck his dating profile in. <laughs> but, but in in Arizona, they are still going through this bizarre audit camp where the the secretary there, who's in charge of all the elections, she's just um, uh, issued a report. And basically, if you've not seen any of the tele coverage, guys, people are in different coloured T-shirts. So there's like the blue team, the green team, the whatever. Oh yeah, two guys in pink shirts. And they are the actual election officials that are just observing and seeing what the hell is going on. And apparently, this is why they've put them in the coloured T-shirt, so that they can spot them easier. They've called them some derogatory names. And even in the audit report, it says they refer to them as, oh, look, you can see it's the trans people. I don't know how you look trans from wearing a pink T-shirt, but dear Lord. Anyway, so, so this is... and. Basically, the woman is tearing her hair out, Katie Hobbs, the election official. She says, this is just insanity. We're going to have to throw away all the machines. They have destroyed the votes. But the biggest thing since day one is that black and blue pens were permitted around those ballot papers. So, and it was, you know, many times it has been said, you cannot have black and blue pens because then you can just alter it. And that's the whole point, to keep the sanctity of the vote and all the rest of it. I, I just don't know what they are hoping to find after they discover there is no bamboo in the paper. It, 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 and and on the equally on the other side, you've got the Department for Justice releasing details, the fact that the Trump White House were getting all sorts of journalists' phone records, and it doesn't seem to be much detail coming out of what what records they then did with that, but they obtained the phone records, like it's coming at them from every angle. And you've now got this other guy who Trump refused to allow to give evidence um, during the impeachment trial. Was it McCann, Des? Yes, McCann, yes. Yeah, yeah, so he, right. he, he, were, he refused to give evidence, yes. but, they did, but he did give evidence to Mueller's investigation. But because of how that was done with Mueller, it couldn't really be used in court at that moment because Mueller said, we can't prosecute sitting president and so on. So now he's going to be on the record. So now it looks like we could have some, There, there's even more fire for the former president at this moment. Like it's brewing. So maybe this is why he's hoping to be reinstated by August so he can have his privilege of office again. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware, Dave, there is some scandal mounting about one of the states and I'm trying to work out whether it's mini, I believe it's Minnesota. And the stench of the scandal is so, so deep um, and so offensively unpleasant that I thought it warranted perhaps some uh, more detailed investigation before I discuss it. But this whole this whole idea of expanding the fraudit, which is what I'm I'm going to have to call it, because it's it's not being conducted in any meaningful way. The audit, you you know, one can't even Republicans are not taking it seriously now. Um, uh, that it's it seems to be the gold standard um, that's being applied to um, the, the the this claim, the big lie claim that the, the, the Biden stole the election, it seemed to have infected a whole load of other Republican states. And it's become the new norm. Everybody wants, well, Republican state that is, wants to do a fraud it. They want to do another cyber ninja audit, fraud it rather, in other Republican states against and particularly, I believe it may be Minnesota, against a background of some serious scandal within operating within that state, which you'll probably hear more about next week. But they should be um, careful what they wish for, because it's not just on the election day last year when they elected Biden. It wasn't just Biden and Trump on the list. There was many things on the list. So if you yeah. say that was fraudulent, then your own seat perhaps is fraudulent. And if you remember some of the ones in um, Georgia, when they looked at election fraud, the only ones they could find were actually ones that voted for Trump. 
you know, that voted That's for the true. Republican yeah. Party. They're the only yeah. ones that they could find fraud. This is the only fraud they've managed to find so far. Some of the Republicans on low level. <laughs> No, you're, you know, you're, that's a very important point, Dave, a very, very important point. But um, if we move on to Biden um, uh, now, who's now become the first sitting American president, president rather, to commemorate the 1921 Tulsa massacre, um, which I think is largely being regarded as one of the worst racial incidents in America for throughout its history. Um, and he marked, uh, Joe Biden marked the 100th uh, anniversary of the attack, uh, which I believe claimed the lives of some 300 American, um, um, uh, Black American or African Americans um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the two days of violence sparked by a mob were largely erased from history for decades. It re-entered the national discourse amid racial justice protests last year, I believe it was part of the BLM protest. And on May the 31st, 1921, a group of white Americans raised the, influ the affluent and predominantly black neighborhood of Greenwood in Tulsa. The economy was also known as the, as the Black Wall Street, it was the country's wealthiest African-American neighborhood until its many homes and businesses were burnt down in the riot. In addition to the life lost, many more black Americans were left injured or homeless. Now in the years following the incident, many official records were lost or destroyed and schools did not teach about what happened. And on the 31st of May, 2021, Biden issued a proclamation for a day of remembrance. On this first day of June, smoke darkened the Tulsa sky, rising from 35 blocks of Greenwood that were left in ash and ember, raised in rubble. Less than 24 hours, less than 24 hours, 1,100 black homes and businesses were lost. My fellow Americans, this was not a riot. This was a massacre. The state representative in Oklahoma, her name is Regina Goodwin, and she joins us now. She represents the state's 73rd district, which includes Greenwood. Representative Goodwin, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I know this is a very somber day. It is, Rachel, thank you for having me and uh, just covering this, this issue it means a lot. Let me ask you how you felt about President Biden's visit today and, and his remarks and um, how it was received in the city. Well, first of all, to have a president of the United States to actually come to Tulsa, Oklahoma for the first time in our history to address this issue says a lot, first of all, about President Biden. And it's special to us as Tulsans because we know this story, uh, these lives that we continue to remember, uh, the incident we continue to remember, it's significant that he has the compassion to come to Tulsa and to talk about the massacre that occurred 100 years ago. So it means a tremendous amount to bring this kind of national, international spotlight on Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and particularly the fact that he got to share time with Miss Leslie Benningfield Randall at 106, Miss Viola Ford Fletcher at 107, Mr. Hughes Van Ellis, who served his country. The fact that he spent time with them, three survivors, that quite frankly um, uh, deserve justice, and and by God's grace, they're still mm. with us. So it means a lot. Yes. In all yes. seriousness, do do you think if George Floyd didn't happen, and the pictures beamed around the world, and 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 even in our own media here in the UK, lots of black stories come into to light that weren't necessarily there before. There was one about the education system in the UK. There was the Small Axe series about different people's journeys, uh, you know, young black people coming through in the 60s and 70s in the police force and so on. Do you think Biden would be doing and saying what he's doing now if George Floyd never happened? I think the answer is it possibly could have changed the whole political rhetoric. Um, because no matter what we think, Biden is a politician and a politician's job, I suppose, is to really manipulate 
and manage um, information and provide a bias that, well, let's not be unfair, but that makes you look good. So in, in, in a sense, yes. Do I believe he's genuine about what he intent, what he's doing? I think the sincerity of what he's doing is perhaps the the, the core issue here. Um, I don't think he's doing it just purely for polit out of political motives. I think he's doing it because he does have a great sense of fairness and justice or injustice, understands injustice better than most. Um, and I think his years of personal pain has probably led him to see things in a slip in a, a, a in a radically different way to say a Trump, you know, who's spent his entire life just just being concerned about himself and his himself and his needs. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that no, I, hear, I hear what you say about sincerity, yeah. but I find it interesting about where your attention is pulled. And I wonder if George Floyd never happened that, you know, whoever, however it gets organised, you know, the person mentioned the Tulsa, like the anniversary 100 years is coming. They say, oh, yeah, don't, you know, we'll just send Kamala or, you know, we'll just send whoever. Do you know, so I, I think it it's interesting because I think even the political operators behind the scenes that are advising Biden, it's all new territory. Nothing is sacred or or untouchable anymore lots of people used to say like social security the welfare state in america is the third rail of po politics touch it and you die and um now look at the infrastructure bill look at the reconciliation package like they're huge loads of americans have got thousands of dollars in their bank accounts which means they can pay back their rent arrears get food whatever but one of the most interesting things i don't know if you saw in the uk this week um, that the education czar that was going to look into doing the the um, oh god the tutoring top ups and stuff, he'd he'd asked for thirteen point something billion right and was given one point something billion so he resigned, and just on numbers alone in America they are spending an additional one thousand six hundred dollars per student in this coming year. In England, it's 50 quid. <laughs> so, so, so it just shows you, you know, yeah, an American's got an even stranger schooling system than we have here, but it just shows you where the priorities are and what Biden is able to make happen, even though this the Senate is broken, completely broken. But anyway, let's let's go back to Tulsa because it's not a story I knew about this, and I was quite intrigued. And again, probably because of black history uh, not being taught in, in, in schools and stuff and not being shared. This was a story that was buried. It was one of the most prosperous parts of black America. And um, yeah, we've got a, a clip, haven't we? We do indeed, Dave. Just wanted to say before the clip, it's just that Biden said something like this. Um, for far too long, the history of what took place there was told in silence. Um, and it was cloaked in darkness. And then he said something like, my fellow Americans, this was, n th 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 this was not a riot. This was a massacre. And um, among the worst in our history. But, but not, it was not the only one, this massacre in Tulsa. Less than two years after the Tulsa massacre, a white mob destroyed the black town of Rosewood in rural Florida. It's yet another event that we don't hear too, too much of. And maybe one day it might, it, it, it might um, you know, make the news. But that was um, you know, a very important, important incident. But we've got a two-part serialization, what we've called is the about the um, Tulsa race massacre. Um, and we're, we, we, we're playing part one today and we're going to conclude the second part next week. But it's just to give our, our listeners just, a, just a, I suppose, a, an, an, an inkling of what life was like. And also, please be aware that the pace of life 
was very different to our own. And that probably comes through in the narration. By 1921, Tulsa's black population had grown to almost 11,000, and the Greenwood community was booming. 15 grocery stores, two black movie houses, two black newspapers, four drug stores, two black public schools, a black public library, four barbecue and chili parlors, and about 13 churches. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, we did have a little separate enclave where blacks had some measure of financial, uh, social, political independence, maybe even some clout. You had a whole group of black entrepreneurs who came together and formed a kind of union uh, to help develop black businesses. The black business grew so in Tulsa until in 1936 it was announced that we had the largest black business in the whole United States. But when we went on the white side of town now, you'd have white guys picking at you all the time and you might get involved in a fight. And the Ku Klux Klans were pretty, uh, pretty rampant. dangerous time to be black in America. Between 1917 and 1921, racial violence was rampant. In cities across the country, blacks were being beaten, burned, and lynched in alarming numbers. In Tulsa, the Ku Klux Klan included political leaders and members of the police. Even local newspapers supported mob violence. There was always a hostile relationship between the black and white community. And part of it was because the Ku Klux Klan was located in an area just west of uh, the black community itself on, on Main and, and, and Eastern. This was about four blocks west of where the primary black community was located. And we had to pass by this to go to places of employment and to go to and from school if we lived in service areas of the quarters. And it was just a hostile situation. There was always a, a potential for violence there. Black people were not uh, about to put up with the, with the attitude that the white community was putting before us. The whites uh, felt that they could instill fear in the black community and blacks wasn't going for it, and it was a confrontational type of attitude that existed. But no one, black or white, was prepared for what happened on the night of May 31st, 1921. There was a, a merchandise store that had one of these old-fashioned elevators that you had by hand, and the white girl was the operator, and this young man got on the elevator. When he went to get on it, he stumbled. And his, in, his, in the effort to keep from falling, he grabbed whatever he could, and of course, the, the operator was in the way. And she assumed that he was trying to attack her, and she reported it, and he was arrested. My husband asked to make a speech. He's the one that predicted that riot. Don't let nobody fool you. I don't know who else says they predicted it, but T.R. Davis, the father of my children, he, he stood up and told the people. He said, there's going to be a, a destruction in Tulsa. And that afternoon, the Tribune came out and said what had happened and that they had arrested Dick Rowland and it looks like there's going to be a lynching tonight. And of course, when the Negroes in the community saw this, they said, oh, no, 
No, we're not going to have that. After we went home from church, here come one by the house. Men, get your guns. Get your guns. Look like I can hear them lousy people, them loud mouth people right now. There they were, hundreds of Negroes standing around, talking, using profanity, and what have you, and shooting the gun every now and then. And then they felt, well, we better get on down to the courthouse. And they went down to the courthouse, and everybody was just standing around. Nobody said anything to one another. Finally, there was a little white man came up to Barry and said, Nigga, what you doing with that pistol? He said, I'm going to use it if I need to. He said, oh, no, you give it to me. And he tried to take it. And that scuffling set the ride off. It's odd how you can almost, well, certainly I can almost feel myself as part of the, the crowd listening to the events as they unfold. Um, and the pace of life, Dave, was so different. <laughs> it's certainly not 2021. No, it wasn't bing bonging and training. <laughs> it wasn't, was it? It was so much more relax the pace of life um but there you have it you <sighs> but i suppose after that we probably should move on to mike pence um just to former provide vice president <laughs> former <laughs> former vice president mike pence um him of acclaimed it. song fame, Hang Mike Pence. <laughs> the very same one. <laughs> what did he call it? After listening to the, uh, the short clip of, audio clip of Tulsa, he called January the 6th a dark day, Dave. <laughs> that has no connotations to it, is it? <laughs> a dark day. But anyway, former Vice President Mike Pence delivered remarks at the um, annual Lincoln-Reagan dinner hosted by the Hillsborough County Republicans in Manchester. I didn't know there was a Manchester in New Hampshire, but it's interesting. But mind you, New Hampshire is also an, an English um, county, isn't it? Hampshire. Anyway, in which he claims to be in regular conversation with Trump. That's interesting. He claims to be in regular conversation with Trump, and he tried to underplay the mob violence on Capitol Hill on January the 6th, where the mob chanted, hang Mike Pence, hang Mike <laughs> But you can hear it for yourself. <laughs> We're going to have to fight much harder, and Mike Pence is going to have to come through for us. And if he doesn't, that will be a, a sad day for our country. January 6th was a dark day in the history of the United States Capitol. But thanks to the swift action of the Capitol Police and federal law enforcement, violence was quelled. The Capitol was secured. And that same day, we reconvened the Congress and did our duty under the Constitution and the laws of the United States. You know, President Trump and I have spoken many times since we left office. And I don't know if we'll ever see eye to eye on that day. But I will always be proud of what we accomplished for the American people over the last four years. I will not. 
Democrats or their allies in the media to use one tragic day to discredit the aspirations of millions of Americans. A gallows on the lawn in front of the Capitol building. The vice president turns around briefly as he's headed down. And watch how Officer Goodman provokes the rioters and purposefully draws them away from the door to the Senate chamber. And you can hear the mob calling for the death of the Vice President of the United States. Dave, I have a question to put to you. What is, what is worse than an old fool? What's worse than an old, a young one? <laughs> <laughs> Dave, two old fools. <laughs> McConnell and Pence. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't fathom it. Because again, everything is heating up. They, they have got the, like, number three in line who deals with finance in Trump's organisation. He's apparently giving evidence to the grand jury. Oh, and more and more. And they're investigating Matt Gates for, uh, um, oh, God, what do they call it? Perverting the course of justice. And, oh, it, it, there's more and more. And like I say, with all the insurrectionists as well, it just... What are they going to do when Trump is in jail? Because I think it, at this point, it's really hard for him not to end up in jail. Unless people are going to take the blame for him. But I feel like it's going to be hard not to point to him, if that makes sense. Like, it's going to be very, oh, what you just did decided to do this, did you? What was in it for you? <laughs> you know what, one of the things, Dave, seriously, I think, I, I, I think that, Mike Pence needs to seriously reflect on. And it is that Donald Trump knew that Mike Pence's life was in danger. Maybe he knew that his children were also in danger. Um, maybe his wife was also in danger. But, and maybe he knew that Mike Pence was hurried into the bunker at Capitol Hill, yet the former president did nothing to help him. That responsibility fell to the police and security agent. And what support did the police and security service get from the old fools? After they had forced, had they had rather placed their own lives on the line, they got zero. I, I reflected on your Neil Point <laughs> when I thought of this. <laughs> and I said, they would not even support a commissioned inquiry into the Capitol Hill events of January the 6th. And I thought to myself, Neil Point, that's the English. That, that, sorry, that's the French version of that. And I thought, let me, let me see if I can find out what zero means in various language. I discovered zero in English is obviously zero is English. Then you get null or null now in German. You get zero in French. The Dutch is is null also. <laughs> and then there's, there's a theme here. There's a theme. <laughs> it's zero. It's all the same. And I also found I thought to myself, well, Trump always wanted to um, purchase Greenland, didn't he? So I wonder what zero is in in Greenland. In Greenland. <laughs> Green, Greenlandic. Greenlandic. That's what they oh, call it. Oh, is it really? Greenlandic. Yeah, okay. Greenlandic. And it's it's called um, um it's uh it's in it's called Nulu. N-U-L-U. Nulu. Nulu. Or something or something like that. I my you know, I have to excuse my pronunciation. And in Finnish. Finish, it's called Nola. All meaning Nola. zero. Zero. Nil uh, point. <laughs> do, you, do you want to know what it is in Arabic? Please, please. Sifr. 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 Sifr, yeah. Sifr. Sifr. Zero. Yeah. Uh, 
they all there's um, a theme definitely going on amongst those. But I just at the moment I can't see them scoring any points. The only reason the Republicans are currently behaving in the way in which they do that I can logic out is because they want to raise some money. And the more yeah, back crazy yeah. stuff they say, the more they keep raking in at the moment. And I can't believe some of the insurrectionists have managed to put up donate, you know, website pages, and they've been able to raise like a quarter of a million pounds, some of them, uh, dollars rather, and, you know, from anonymous sources and so on. And the guy who sat on Nancy Pelosi's desk with his feet up desk, he's selling for $100 the photograph of that signed by him. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I, can you just imagine? Yeah, uh, Robert Abu Hamza can can he sell pictures of him standing next to whatever? Do you know what I mean? Like it's you know, it. <laughs> Dave, we white, have white privilege extends to the prison cell, Desmond. <laughs> it does indeed, doesn't it? You know, we have American people who live in a totally different information universe or zone. They live in a completely different time and space to us. But I've got a theory, Dave, and my theory is this, that I think Trump is going to run for Congress to escape prison time. <laughs> I am convinced that won't, that, won't, that, won't, that won't disclude him, though. Can you um, imagine? He couldn't take being the, you know, representative for, you know, Orlando. It, 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 yeah, he wouldn't. Come on, come on. It's I think what work. he's going to do, he's going to run for maybe the Senate and he's going to the, the intention, or even, as I say, even Congress, and the intention is to kick the current minority leaders out of office, assume the, um, hopefully it would be the majority leader of the Senate or leader of the Congress, and in so doing, he can probably sell another lie to the American people that he's being harassed and targeted by the no good communists, Democrats, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We all know the script now. Um, It's a well-worn script. And I think, you know, he he could probably escape prison time either. But he's, but here's the thing that you said earlier, which is an important one. He said, he's asking, he's asking allies now of his, what they think about um, a baseless theory predicted by conservative commentators and others, that he could be reinstated as president in August, Dave. Yes, and monkeys will fly from, you know, uh, uh, I've forgotten the place, not Wonderland. Oh, God, where's Dorothy go? Oh, um, oh, what is it called? Um, Oz, 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 yeah. the wizard, yeah, Oz, the Ozland. Yeah. Yes, yes, so we, we'll definitely declare him something in August, probably mentally unwell and commit him to the asylum. But they, I have heard that in mm-hmm. order to avoid any jail time or legal mm-hmm. ramifications, there is mm-hmm. talk of him leaving the country. <gasps> Oh yeah. my God! Can you, wouldn't, wouldn't that be interesting? What country would oh he go to? God. He could go and spend some time with Edward Snowden and Vladimir. Uh. <laughs> but doesn't it tell? But Dave, it also tells you that he he's now believes that he's going to be reinstated in August. How the hell is that supposed to happen? There is no mechanism in the American. Um, political uh, institution for reinstating it's never been done before there is no there's nothing there's no method of doing that how is it going to happen i know cyber ninjas (laughs) 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 they'll come marching in the cyber ninjas and uh, they'll come down to reinstate him as president hmm yeah. Oh dear. Well, so there just, we to, just to finish before uh, we get to our song this week, you, you, your eyebrows raised significantly, Desmond, when I said that in um, El Salvador they're looking at making Bitcoin legal <laughs> currency. Had you not heard? Do you not keep up on El Sal- Sal- uh, El Salvadorian news, Dave? I, I just wonder. I have a theory that the world is moving towards an autocratic um, state. 
uh, or countries to autocratism, them moving in that direction. And as soon as you said that, I thought to myself, the Bitcoin world is a rather dark world. I remember talking to you about this uh, not so long ago and you opening my eyes up to the fact that it's dark and it's insidious. And if you become a part of it, you find your whole life is exposed to all the corruption and the, the craziness that surrounds that world. Now, we're not, I'm not saying everybody's cor corrupt um, or um, in, in, in that world, but it, it is supposed to be a dark side of business, isn't it? Yes and just... no, because the okay. thing is, it's but the, it's the authorities cannot regulate it, and it, without making it really complicated, at the moment there is a worldwide computer shortage because basically groups of people have been putting together server farms, so building massive computers all networked together that what they describe as mining Bitcoin. So basically, with a huge amount of computing power, you can create the next bit of bitcoin there is a limit this is what i'm saying without making it complicated but you can mine it and then that bit of the bitcoin is then yours so they are spending huge amounts of money to then try and make huge amounts of money but bitcoin is yeah it it is it, unregulated is basically no government can have a hand in it and it's even more interesting looking into the background of this stuff but the world is run by computers now so um you know Get a computer. <laughs> or go and make your fire. And it's put up 13 your tent. hours. Oh, they are, look, there's our cue. There's, there's our cue. There's absolutely. Oh, dear. Okay, so that was it for this week with the crazies. We'll be back in show 27 when maybe he's gone to prison. No, it'll be a few more weeks. <laughs> it will definitely. At the Dave, earliest, a few you're being up, the latest. You're, you're the being seriously year. optimistic. It'll probably be more like a few more months. Yeah, yeah, I think by the end of, but also, you know, there is all still the filibuster and all of that craziness in the Senate and things are really coming to a head. So it's going to be a hot summer, Desmond. It's going to be a hot summer. Well, your friend Munchun and Munchun, Munchun and Sem, uh, I can never pronounce the name. Cinema. It's just cinema. 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 I think they're going to prove to be loyal Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> so yes we might have a Loyally very stupid hot... ones i will find we're going to have him. a hot we're going to have a hot <laughs> but dave <laughs> there is a hill not so far away called capitol hill and on top of capitol hill resides a fool catch you next week Des. and you
Sing the word. 